ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's a semi-final, it's a World Cup. You, you want that environment, you want it to be tense, you want it to be noisy. That's Lionesses skipper Millie Bright channelling public enemy and calling for Australia to bring the noise. It's easy for us to paint England as our bitter enemies, but this rivalry feels different. Less big sister, little sister, more global competitors on the biggest possible stage. At this point, if you're not across the Matildas, you are good at blocking out content. But what do we know about England, their team personality, their strengths, their weaknesses? If the World Cup was a jungle, today we are hunting lionesses. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Salon Andy Hickman is part of Football Beyond Borders. She talks football a lot. You'll hear her on The Guardian's excellent Women's Football Weekly podcast. She's in Sydney, nay, she's in Palm Beach going all home and away on us ahead of this huge fixture. She's going to be out at Stadium Australia for the World Cup semi-final. Salon, I want you to help us understand, even humanise the Matilda's enemy tonight. Maybe not too much, but what's the character and personality of this English team? (laughs) This England team, I'd say, is a resilient England team. I think it's a team that we have seen shape and shift since we've had a lot of success last summer. We've obviously, we're missing some of our very notable characters from last last summer's victory. We don't have Beth Mead. We don't have Leah Williamson, our captain, usually. We're a team that's born out of resilience, I think, for this this tournament. So, yeah, I think it's important to adapt to the game as well, whatever they give to us. We adapt to the situation. I think that's something that we've done really well throughout the tournament. I think we've faced many different challenges and we've adapted really well and, and shown different sides to us. And I think what we've seen throughout this tournament has um, new stars emerging, the likes of kind of Jess Carter, Lauren James, these players who have come out and maybe might not have had that spot had they not had those injuries last season or last summer. We're, we're a bit of a, I wouldn't say an underdog, but would, our nation's expectations were definitely hampered. I think if we'd have had a full squad coming into this tournament from that also won the Euros last summer, we would have been saying, this is ours, this is our tournament. I think the fact that we've got this far and we've done it how we've done it, I think people are now, the expectations are really starting to rise. So there's been a managing of expectations to this point, but how have you seen the performance so far across the tournament from a nitty-gritty tactical perspective? I think we've, we've grown into the tournament to uh, one nil wins and I think we we were a bit nervous at that point I think teams like Haiti who set up brilliantly against us and then we got the glory of the China game where we kind of felt like an England of old was back we saw six goals we saw lots of different players getting on the score sheet comes to Chloe Kelly who whips it across almost falls for Coombs does fall on the far side for Rachel Daly well you can put her at left back you can put her at left wing back but she still finds a way to get amongst the goals. And we saw goals not just from set pieces or penalties. So there's a bit more of an expectation. It started to grow. We were really excited. Obviously, then we went into the Nigeria game, which was probably one of the toughest fixtures this team had played. Nigeria were brilliant and, and really good at stopping us tactically. We saw them absolutely mark out Lauren James. And then we went into that Columbia game. And the Columbia game, I think we felt a little bit more relaxed. I think we had a lot more of the ball. We dealt with what knew they were going to bring against us, which was going to be physicality, aggression, and also they knew how to play against us. They've seen a lot of us play, so they knew they knew where our threats were. And they managed to, to stifle us okay in parts. But I think we felt a bit more confident with that performance because we moved the ball really well. We created good chances. Almost managed to trap it and bring it down. Oh, Perez has spilled it. She's lost it and it's stabbed in. England's had the goal as Lauren Hurd celebrates. 
now is kind of building on that. I think we've, we've been a slow burner into this tournament and now we're kind of, I think we're starting to play the football that we know we can and we're, we're building. If we think about game breakers from the Matildas, you're talking Kerr, Fowler, Ford. Is Lauren James that person for England? For those who don't know, why is she not playing in the semi-final? Lauren James is definitely one of those players. She's fantastic with the ball at her feet. She can drop a shoulder, beat a player. She can then put it in the top corner. She's a, a master creative player that we have. She didn't actually play the first game for us. She started on the bench. Second game she came in, she scored. Plays it towards Lauren James. Let's fly from the edge of the area. Oh, what a goal! Third game she came in, she scored. Delivery over the head of Russo, but James is there! She's done it again, Lauren James! And then teams that we were coming up against were like, right, well, we've got to mark her out of the game. Nigeria did fantastically, was shut down Lauren James. They did not let her get on the ball. They didn't let her play a game. And that ended up in quite a bit of frustration. There's a yellow card for Lauren James. I think she was happy that she didn't get the foul there and just stood on, I think, Alozi as she's tried to get up there. She got a yellow card originally. VAR looked at it and then gave her a red card. FIFA then given her a two-game ban for that red card for violent conduct. The noise that we heard from the England camp is that she's young, she's learning. We have these moments where our emotions get the better of us. And actually what was really beautiful at the end of that was Michelle Alozi came out on Twitter saying, leave it alone, everyone. I've got a lot of respect for Lauren James. This happens in football. So if James is not there, who will be the focal point in trying to unlock the Matildas' defence? Are we talking Alessia Russo? Are we talking Lauren Hemp, Kira Walsh? How do you see it? Not sure I want to give you that information, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So we, Alessia Russo is a, leads the line for us as a number nine striker. She doesn't actually wear number nine. That's our left back, Rachel Daly. But uh, Alessia Russo will play in that number nine role. If you give her an inch or a yard, she will take her chance. And we saw that against Colombia. It was kind of a half chance and she made it. Getting inside the area. We'll go to Russo. Clinical. Clinical from Alessia Russo. And England take the lead in this quarterfinal against Colombia. Well, she hasn't had many chances in this game, at this tournament even. But she took that one like the striker she is. You also want, really want to be on the lookout for players like Kira Walsh and George Stanway who can win the ball back in the midfield and send through these brilliantly defence-splitting passes to let the likes of Russo, Lauren Hemp, our wide winger, who is incredibly fast, run onto those balls and, and uh, cause some trouble there at the back for the Matildas. We spoke to Ellie Carpenter about the level of belief the Tillies took from beating England in that friendly earlier in the year. How much do you think the Lionesses will read into that result, if at all? It was important that we got that out of the system. We were undefeated for all of Serena Wiegmann's time as our manager. And I think what the players said after that game was like, we're glad that that has happened now and not in Australia at the World Cup. You know, that game at that point, at that time, already gave us a lot of information. So uh, we learned from that, but we have that knowledge now. We have that experience and it's really good to have that experience. There were lots of different factors for that game. There were a few notable injuries. The team had also changed quite a bit. You guys didn't have Caitlin Ford and others, which is kind of a scary fact. Lots of these players know each other really, really well, right? They know they play, they played each other, whether they played in the WSL or they played in Europe together. And I think what we're really excited for tonight is what the spectacle will be between these two teams who come up against one another. 
the two coaches know each other really well as well, having sort of worked against each other for extended periods. And they both really sung each other's praises in the pre-match press conferences. Serena, what a work she's done with every team she's worked with. And there's no coincidence that she's lived the prize as the best coach in the world. I think it's three times or so. A very impressive coach. Any team she works with, her stats talk for itself in terms of tournament football. Do you think that knowledge of each other tactically can play a role tonight? Definitely. And I think if we know anything about the England manager, Serena Wiegmann, is that she likes to be prepared. Yes, we have a plan. Prepare as good as possible. Execute your plan as good as possible. So that makes the chance of winning as high as possible. Just we prepare how we want to play. She will have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. She will know meticulously what the Matildas are good at, what they will do, how they will try to play, what happens if this player plays, what happens if this player doesn't play. And she will have prepared for all of those eventualities. So what the girls will need to do tonight is go out there and enact those plans and those game plays. And I think the way that she does that, it means that the players can go in there and go, well, yeah, of course, you know, as a and Millie Bright, if Sam Kerr is, I'm having to defend against her. I know what I know about her as a player from marking her week in, week out at Chelsea in training. But I also know what my job is tonight and what I've been instructed to do by my manager, which has been really meticulously prepared. So, I think the combination of those two things is a really important thing for us to go out there as, as an England team tonight and try and get a result. Just one to finish. You've been on the ground for this tournament, obviously. You were in England for the Lionesses' triumphant Euro run. Can you contrast the way each side has captured the, the public's imagination in their respective countries across a tournament like this? There's a lot of similarities, to be honest, and I think... You know, I might get a bit of stick for saying this, but it will be sad whatever happens tonight because either England go out for me personally or the, the Aussies go out. And what I saw last summer in the, the mania that it brings the country. I can only speak for my journey so far. It's been incredible. I think the support that we've seen uh, throughout the tournament and yeah, not only here, but back home as well. But yeah, I'm sure they're absolutely uh, loving the moment at the minute. Obviously, it's a very special thing to experience a, a home tournament. It's also about kind of what, what these women achieving what they're doing. You know, it can be dangerous to, to get into placing a lot of responsibility on our athletes when actually, you know, sometimes they just want to be athletes. They don't want to have to talk about equity or social justice or what it means for women. But what it does do is it moves elements of misogyny into the fringes of society. If the Matildas get to the final and they win the World Cup, remember those people who you get in a taxi with or you meet in public transport or whatever, and you'd say to them, oh, I'm really into women's football and I play women's football. And they go, oh, women shouldn't play football. Oh, women don't do that. Oh, I don't watch that game because it's too slow. The goalkeepers, blah, 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 blah. They can't say that anymore. If you guys win, that's what it did for us last summer. Like we always know, the women's game is still on a journey, but what a place to be. I, I can meet anyone in the street now and talk about the fact that I work in football and I play football and they go, oh, isn't it amazing what the Lionesses did last summer? I love Lauren Hemp. I love Chloe Kelly. I love Kira Walsh. You guys will have that and I really feel it here at the moment. I, anywhere you go, whether it's a bar, a cinema, you're on a bus, it says go Matildas. We're getting in cabs and cab drivers are saying, isn't Mary Fowler such a creative player? What She's come out of nowhere. She's amazing. That's the kind of elevation that you, these athletes will get through it, which means so much more for society and for women as a whole. So, Lon, it sounds as though the Matildas are your second team. We look forward to you cheering them on in the <laughs> final. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. I wouldn't go that far yet, So, uh, but I'll, I'll be there to wipe the tears when you guys go out tonight. <laughs> Headlines And whoever wins the Tillies England semi-final will face Spain in the final after they knocked out Sweden 2-1 in New Zealand. Skipper Olga Carmona scored the winner in the last minute of regular time. Carmona, nobody picks her up. Oh, it's in! A dunk by 
The Caps are wild ride to the final pre-tournament. 15 players demanded improvements in working conditions as they argued time with the national team was hurting their emotional and physical health and many were calling for a change of direction, which most took as a not very subtle dig at the coach. The Federation backed that coach. Some of those players backed down with three of that group selected for the tournament. The new look team finds itself in the final and on the cusp of history. If you're a Boomers fan and conflicted about the clash between their game and the Matildas fixture, so are the Boomers. Here's Paddy Mills on the decision to bring the basketball team's clash with Brazil forward to 5.30pm Eastern time. Uh, For us to change the game for an earlier time now at 5.30 was important for us uh, to continue our preparations for the World Cup, but also to be able to support uh, the ladies doing an incredible job. Classic Mills. People's champ. The Tim Sheens era looks to have come to a close at the Tigers for a second time, with various reports that the coach won't be back to lead the club in 2024. That means the plan to have assistant Benji Marshall take over as top Tiger in 2025 will be fast-tracked. The former captain and premiership winner is contracted until the end of 2027. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. A reminder, you can catch the Women's World Cup on the ABC Listen app. Just look for the green and gold ball. Click on it, and it'll go direct into your ears. It's good if you like amazing live sports content for free in your earbuds. Hey, do me a favour while you can remember it. Toss us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening to us. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks to Optus Sport and Paddy Mills Instagram for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.